one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are taking my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We like that. You like that. That is a career render, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. From Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Rick Benson. This is a different kind of sports talk radio. Over the next hour, we hope to encourage you with our unique perspective on the world of sports as we look at things from a faith-based point of view. No trash talk here, no barroom humor either. Go ahead, let your kids listen. We'll talk sports. We'll share some uplifting stories, try to edify you with opinions and views framed by the word of God. The man across the studio and sitting behind the audio controls is Zach Barletta. Zach, good morning to you. How's the view from your side of the studio? Well, it's pretty spectacular. I'm looking across <laughs> at, uh, at the host of the show. Beyond the Game is on Twitter at BTG Program. If you're just joining us for the very first time, we thank you. We hope you enjoy the program. You can find out more about this radio ministry at our website, btgprogram.com, and you can listen to previous broadcasts all right there. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. Zach, let's kick off this week's program with something that frosts my fanny. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. Here is yet another story of ultra-sensitivity and overreaction in today's culture. Obviously, I support going out of one's way to avoid offending somebody. Obviously, the Bible supports such ideology with verses such as Romans twelve eighteen. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. But yet I believe in today's culture, people go to extremes hoping to satisfy Everybody, which, uh, of course, we know is impossible to do. You're not Mm going to be able to make everybody happy. Now, I I will do as much as I can to avoid offending a person. But at some point, if people are looking for ways to be offended, they're going to be offended. Then there's not much I can do about it. And let's face it. There are people that are just looking how they can be offended. Yep. I think I read in the news, I think it was this past week, where – there were some that who were offended by USC's mascot horse. You know, they ride the white horse out there. The horse's name is Traveler, which they're offended. They consider it to be racist. They're complaining that it's too similar to the horse ridden by Confederate General Robert E. Lee, whose horse was also named Traveler. His spelled with two L's. USC's mascot horse is spelled with one L, but they're offended by it. And then, of course, there's ESPN, and a week or so ago, where they reassigned that broadcaster named Robert Lee, mm-hmm. because, of again, it was the general's name. He was to do a game in Charlottesville, Virginia, moved him to a game in Pennsylvania. The network's saying that after they spoke with him, he expressed some, quote, personal trepidation about the assignment, to which, can you imagine Howard Cosell, or one of the great broadcasters of all time, 
showing personal trepidation about calling a football game somewhere? Nope, not at all. No, of course not. And in keeping with the modern ridiculous tendencies to overreact, a private school in North Bethesda, Maryland, has announced it is banning students from wearing apparel with the Washington Redskins name or team logo on it. This is within the Washington Redskins fan base. Officials at Greenacre School are reported to have informed parents last week following classroom discussions on race-based team logos and sports. The school's head, Neil Brown, said, quote, We're in no way trying to vilify anyone for rooting for the local football team because, in truth, <laughs> I root for the local football team. He roots for them, but apparently he won't say their name. The school, which only goes up through the eighth grade, has a dress code which calls for kids, quote, to wear respectful clothing, not wear anything that is offensive, according to Brown. Come on, how this ultra-sensitivity has to stop. You can't make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. You go out of your way. You do. You try not to offend people. But as much as within you, there are sometimes, sometimes I can't it's help it. Yeah, if you're if you're looking to be offended, you can find a way to be offended. Coming up on today's show, we have a very special interview for you. In Sports Talk Radio, men make up a significant portion of the listening audience. We know that. Obviously, it's not exclusively men, but we know that we have a lot of dads out there listening to this program. We're going to talk with John Finch of the Father Effect movie. John has a book coming out this fall as a follow-up to the movie, and we'll be talking to him about the impact that dads have on their children. John overcame a great heartbreak himself in the loss of his own dad. His dad took his own life. It's what he calls a father wound and talks with us about how this movie can help fathers be the kind of men that God calls them to be. And ladies, I, I think you'll like the conversation with John as well. In fact, That'll be coming right up after this first break. We'll also do some of our regular features, such as shenanigans. You like that. I hope you'll stick around. I think you'll be glad you did, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. We'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, MythsAndMysteriesPod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. 
early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs. So if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. John Finch tells his story of dealing with a father wound through the movie The Father Effect. This fall, he'll be releasing a book by that same name. John is driven to equip men to become the fathers that God created them to be and to help men in realizing not only their significance, but also the lifelong influence they have on their families. John Finch joins us now on the BTG Studio Line. John, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate you. How would you describe a father wound? What is a father wound? You know, a father wound is something that, that maybe a dad has said or, or not said to a child. Like, for example, uh, maybe it's a dad who's said to a child, you'll never amount to anything. You know, the, the power of his words are just so, so uh, detrimental, can be very detrimental to a child. And then it can also be a, a, a dad who's never said, I love you. They've never said, I believe in you and that I'm proud of you. There's so many kids nowadays that, that they need to hear those words. They need to know, uh, you know, that, that a dad loves them and that he cares about them. And it can also be something that maybe a dad uh, did physically to a child. Maybe it's a, abuse, you know, whether it's verbally or physically abusive. Um, and it, again, on the flip side of that, it can be maybe something that a dad never did, uh, with a child, like, like hugging them, showing them, you know, proper fatherly affection and love. And, and again, kids need that. They need to know that their dad cares for them, loves them. It seems like many men who suffer with such an issue, they either deny it, they, they compress it somehow, or don't even realize that they're struggling with it. Why do you think that is? You know, I think, like with myself, I was a very angry guy for 30 years, and I just did not have a clue. I could not connect the dots until I had this conversation with a friend of mine, um, you know, just a few years before I started the journey. And, you know, he mentioned this idea of a father wound to me. And, and I remember, you know, walking away from the golf course that day and, and having this feeling of relief because I thought I was the only one struggling with this issue and I was all alone. And and I remember thinking, wow, okay, there's a name for this thing. And and, I, and that's what I have. You know, that's what I'm suffering from, this, this abandonment because my dad chose to take his own life. So I, I think a lot of it is just an awareness. We just cannot connect the dots to the the issues and struggles that we have specifically with anger and, and some of the other things that we deal with. Um, and also it's, you know, ultimately men don't like to admit that they have any struggles or wounds. You know, it's a pride thing. We, we don't want to admit that we have anything that we're dealing with because we, we think it's somehow going to make us look less of a man. Mm, that's a good point. 
In your bio, you describe working to equip men to be the fathers which God intended them to be. Now, being a sports talk show that we are, the majority of our audience is made up of men, perhaps many of whom are overly distracted by sports. Can you talk about what the man of the man God intends them to be, what that looks like, and is there a common disconnect or maybe distraction that you see regularly among the group of men which which you encounter? Sure, you know, and and those that are very much into sports, it can definitely be a distraction. When a, when a child sees that a dad wants to watch a ball game instead of going outside and playing with his son, that shows that son that 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 ball game is a lot more important than he is. And so, in the times that we have those opportunities, now there's there's ways to work around that, obviously. Uh, but it's really just that walking in daily awareness uh, of the impact that you have on your kids. And, you know, there's very, there's a lot of messages within the film and the book that, that God taught me as I was interviewing all these various people, whether it was a best selling author or just an ordinary person, you know, there was a message in every interview. And these were things that I was taking back in my own home and implementing it and ultimately changing my legacy. And and so understanding the impact, you know, for example, modeling. This was one thing that, that just hit me. It was one, one of the many wow moments in my journey. You know, understanding the way I treat my wife is what my little girls are going to expect. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to see as normal. I, I'm setting the standard by which they're going to measure every other man. So if I'm loving and, and hugging on my wife every chance I get, that's what they're going to come to expect in a relationship with, with their future husbands. If I'm verbally or physically abusive, unfortunately, statistics will show you and the experts will tell you that in that situation, a lot of times that young girl will actually remarry an abusive husband. And, and same for the boys. You know, as a as a man, I'm setting that standard by which a boy, my son, is going to measure himself as a man. So, you know, just the modeling aspect of it all in in learning the many messages that I think we all need to know. Uh, you know, I was just kind of blessed to be along uh, as a passenger on the bus God's driving as I as I, you know, had this journey of transformation and everything that God was showing me. And you know what? I, I'm not perfect. I still mess up all the time. Uh, but it's a matter of knowing that when I get knocked down and I mess up, and, you know, I get back up and, and I apologize and I don't have a, a, an issue with asking my kids for forgiveness uh, when I mess up because that only shows them that, you know, I'm imperfect and I'm doing the very best I can, but it also shows them that, that they don't have to be perfect. So, you know, there's many, many messages like that in the film, and, and it really it's a combination of things of of being able to understand that lifelong impact of the power of forgiveness, the life changing power of forgiveness, and how that will radically change your life. And you know what? You asked me that about the sports, and you know, here's the thing, Rick, with me, and and I'm an open book, if you will, no pun intended. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing with men is just trying to be very real, authentic, and transparent um, about the, all the struggles that all of us have. I mean, 
this father thing, nobody's got to figure it out. If they told you they did, they'd be lying. <laughs> so it's like, how do we, how do we continue together and how do we learn and get better and become stronger, uh, fathers? And so I, I, I don't hesitate to kind of go there, um, when it's, when it's a matter of kind of doing, speaking truth, even though it may be a little touchy or, or people, oh, hold on a second. He's saying I should not watch the game and go play with my kid. Wow. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you know, those type of things. Obviously, we want people to see the film, The Father Effect, read the book that's coming up this fall. But we do want to ask you not to give away the movie or the, or the book, but can you share some of your story? How did you develop? And then how did you dis- overcome this father wound that you had? Well, you know, I was a traveling salesman for many, many years. And uh, because of my anger and the things that I dealt with, I would, had become a social alcoholic because alcohol was my way of medicating that pain and that wound that I really didn't want to have to deal with. And so when I was on the road, I was this whole different character, this kind of life of the party, good time Johnny, uh, you know, going from bar to bar and just drinking till I passed out type of thing. And when I was home, I played that role of a good Christian man who you know looked like he read his Bible all the time. And I, I just knew, because growing up at church, I knew how to play the game. And so ultimately, it was that conversation on the golf course that really started me down this path. But there was a time about uh, in February of 2009 where God just really took me to my knees. I had experienced a place of brokenness that I've never experienced. My my life was falling apart, and, um, you know, I wasn't the husband or the father that, that I needed to be. And, and finally, I just totally surrendered. I said, okay, God, you know, this father wound thing, I've got to figure it out. And my life's a mess, and I need help. And, and so it was in that moment that, that God just kind of started me on this journey. And, you know, I did what a lot of men will, will deny having to do. And, and I remember telling my wife not to tell anybody, but uh, I went and started seeing a Christian counselor. Uh, you know, as men, we don't want to admit, again, that we have any issues, right? Whether that we're seeing a counselor. So uh, the, the stereotypic uh, piece of what we deal with in society says that we shouldn't have to see a counselor, right? You've got to man up and suck it up and right. you can do this. So... Um, I started seeing a Christian counselor, and it was literally in one of those sessions that that God just spoke to me and said, you know, John, how can you be so bitter, resentful, and angry towards a man who didn't know how to be a father? And so God connecting the dots for me and helping me understand more and more of my dad's story and the fact that he could not give what he didn't have. He grew up without a dad and was raised mostly by his grandmother, and his mom had was married five times. I mean, just a really, really difficult life. And so uh, God helping me connect the dots there and just showing me compassion for my father ultimately led to the forgiveness. And, and it was that forgiveness that that literally changed my life in, in, in every way. We're talking with John Finch here on the Beyond the Game program. The movie, the upcoming book are both called The Father Effect. TheFatherEffect.com is the website. You can also follow The Father Effect on Twitter, at The Father Effect. Many people write a book after which a movie may or may not come about, but you've chosen to go in the the opposite order. You did the movie, and then the book is coming out. 
Why? What made you choose that order? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's all in God's hands. That's for sure. You know His hands upon it because everyone else uh, typically will write a book and then make a movie. And you know, as as I had started this movement, if you will, and trying to get the word out. Uh, about the, the significant lifelong impact fathers have on their kids, I I just was struggling uh, to get the word out. And I wasn't a big writer, if you will, and, and even reader uh, at the beginning. And, and But for me as a man, I remember thinking, you know what, I'll watch a movie. I'll watch a movie before I read a book anytime. So literally, uh, there, was a, there was a time where God just confirmed that, and, and I wasn't a filmmaker at all. And I just spoke to a couple of people who were mentors of mine, and they said, hey, get your camera and go learn learn what you have to learn. So that's what we did, uh, or that's what I did. I just started talking to people and getting in front of people with my camera and, and thinking about questions and kind of the way that I wanted the story to go. And and uh, and again, just it, God's hand was in it. It's, it's been a blessing and a journey and, and continues to be just uh, just a phenomenal experience. You know, most films are released, and and success is easily measured based on box office results. But your film's different. This is um, this is a God thing. And what what do you want to see happen with the, with the film in order to consider it a success? Well, I'll tell you what we I I would say I'd already considered a success in, in the the eyes of uh, you know all those that have been involved. I tell you, we get. We get emails literally on a, almost a daily basis as to how God is using the short film, even the short, the 15 minute film that we originally made before we made the full length. We get emails every day that, that of people that have seen the 15 minute film and God's used it to, to change their lives and change their families. And so we're really, really excited. We've heard more and more stories about the full length film too. And, and how God continues to use it. And so, you know, the measure of success for me has just been just doing the very best I can to be obedient and faithful to to God and, and just sharing my story. And, and I'll tell you what, even if nothing else happens from today on on out, I uh, I would still consider a success because of just the stories that, that I've heard and what God's been able to do with the film. John, we have to take a break. I, there's more I want to ask you specific to the movie itself. Would you mind sticking around through the break and coming back on the other side? Sure. We'll be right back with John Finch of The Father Effect here on the Beyond the Game program in just a moment. Time for the Red Hawks Report for this week, September 2nd, 2017. The Red Hawks Report is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. It is go time. The fall semester is underway, and Roberts Wesleyan athletic teams get the season underway this week. Optimism abounding on the campus with the Red Hawks getting a lot of respect in preseason polls. The women's soccer team in particular getting a lot of attention and has been picked to finish fourth in the East Coast Conference's preseason coaches poll. The ladies are coming off a strong 10-win season in which they made it all the way to the ECC championship tournament before falling to top-ranked Bridgeport in the semifinals. Looking at the calendar for the week ahead, the Red Hawks will be on the road for much of it, but you do have some chances to see Roberts Athletics competing at home. Women's Volleyball will be hosting the College at Brockport at home in the Voller Athletic Center on Tuesday, September 5th at 7 p.m. before heading to Ohio for next weekend's Cavalier Classic. 
The men's soccer team will be home later today, September 2nd at 2 p.m., hosting Seton Hill University before hitting the road for five games before finally returning home on September 23rd. Meanwhile, the women's soccer team will play three games on the road this week before hosting Tiffin University at home next Friday, September 8th at 7 p.m. You can stream Roberts Athletics Live via the ECC Network app that's available for Amazon Fire TV, Android TV, Apple TV, and Roku devices. For information on that and for all news pertaining to Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. Get scores, highlights, and more. Once again, that's robertsredhawks.com. And there you have it, the Red Hawks report for this week, September 2nd, 2017. And you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter, at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Report, brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, it's Darren. Beyond the Game is a unique radio show that combines sports with faith and hopefully makes you laugh along the way. If you enjoy the show and want to listen again or have a friend you would recommend us to, subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes or get the link from our website, btgprogram.com. Beyond the Game. It's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. Coming to you from the BTG studios in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. Before the break, we were talking with John Finch of the Father Effect movie. You can follow the movie on Twitter, at the Father Effect, or you can follow John himself, at John P. Finch. You can also visit the film's website, thefathereffect.com. I'd like to continue that conversation now. John, thanks for sticking around through the break. There's a scene in the movie where you question your own prayer life. And many Christian fathers will pray over dinner. They'll pray with their kids before bed. But in the movie, there's a scene where you yourself start to think about your own prayer life with your children. As Christian fathers, are we not going far enough when we're praying with our children? You know, that was another big moment for me in this journey. We interviewed Neil Jeffrey. Um, who was a pastor at one of the large churches in Dallas, Fort Worth. And he was an All-American quarterback at Baylor and, and a quarterback for the uh, San Diego Chargers. He takes all the credit for Dan Fouts being as good as he was because he was his backup. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great, great man of God and just one of my favorite interviews. And he just he told this so passionate, enthusiastic story about his dad being a prayer woman and how his dad would pray before and after games. He said, you know, John, I had some really rough games. My dad would still say, huddle up. We're going to say a prayer and thank God. And he said, even when my dad wasn't there, I'd get a little note. I would say, hey, son, just wanted to let you know that I mentioned you to the father this morning. Love, daddy-o. And, I, and I, you could just see it in his eyes and in his voice and in his mannerisms, everything, just how much that impacted him as a son. And and I remember thinking, wow, you know, this is this is a really powerful piece on prayer, and it's something that, that I haven't really done before. 
And he, at one point he looked at me and he said, John, there's nothing like a child hear his father pray for him out loud in that manly, fatherly voice. Hmm. And I remember, wow, that's really, really good. So I literally went home that night and told my wife, okay, darling, uh, you know, tonight, uh, prayer time is changing. And so ever since that day, and it's been about three or four years now, I lay down with my girls and I ask them individually, what can I pray for you about? And what that does is it lets them see my heart for them, lets them see that I'm concerned and very interested in what it is that they're concerned and worried about. And it it leads to additional conversation. When, when they say, hey, I'm struggling with a test or I'm worried about a test tomorrow, then we can have that additional conversation after we pray. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, one of the coolest things in the world is for me to actually pray for my wife with my kids, for me to speak life and love uh, into my wife and about my wife in front of my kids. Man, that does so much for them to know and see that, man, I love my wife, I cherish my wife, I'm so blessed and lucky to have her. And, and so they see, and there's stability and security in that when they know mom and dad love one another. Oh, that's powerful. I know some men who enjoy a strong relationship with their sons are sort of disconnected to their daughters, though, at times, and, and leave the significant portion of raising a young lady to their wives. How important is the impact of a father in the development of their daughters? Oh, it's extremely important. You know, I have three daughters, and one of the ladies for the film, which has just it continued to be so, so extremely powerful, is Dr. Meg Meeker. And the thing I love about her is, is she's been a pediatrician by trade for many, many years, and she's a best-selling author, and, and she just speaks to the heart. Of, of men that have daughters and, you know, the example and the influence that we have as men on our girls is, is an everlasting impact. I mean, she shared so many different stories and, you know, the, the modeling piece of knowing that how we treat the women in their lives is, and, and they're paying attention. Our girls are paying attention. And so many men, you know, when the girls get to a certain age and start puberty and things of that nature, it becomes very foreign. And men say, no, 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 it's not a mom's area. Well, that's when a girl really needs the love of her father. That's when she needs to know that she's beautiful inside and out because it's a very awkward time. And it's a very confusing time, I think, for a lot of young girls and can be a very insecure time. And so, you know, the time that a lot of men kind of pull a wound is actually a time when, when we really need to be uh, be connecting and engaged and involved and closer than we ever have been. A number of studies have shown that a father's active involvement in his daughter's life and openness about showing her love is directly connected to the rate of teenage sexual activity among girls. Do you agree with those findings? And if so, why is dad's affirmation so important? Well, dad's affirmation is critical, but I'll answer the last question first. Um, for for one is we are a reflection as earthly fathers. We are a reflection of what they they tend to believe God is like. And so, if we as fathers, if we're that distant aloof father that you know your kids just kind of go to when they really need to talk, they just kind of go to him in those moments. 
then they'll automatically think God's that way. You know, we're the, we're the first conduit to God, as, as Dr. Mika would say. And if we're that over, you know, disciplined military style dads and just kind of out of control, if you will, they automatically think God's that way. So, so to know that we are a reflection of what they believe God to be, that's a huge, huge responsibility, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I would rather be taking that responsibility and have them learn it from the world and what society is telling them, you know, that a man or a husband or father is. Good point. So it's very, very important. You know, Dr. Meeker also does a, does a great clip in the film where she talks about, you know, studies will show that if a dad just has that conversation with his daughter where he says, well, this is what I believe about sex, and I believe you shouldn't have sex until you're married, and I'm going to help you get through that journey. If he only says that one time, it it increases her chances exponentially to not have sex, not be sexually active, because that's how much she values her dad's opinion. That's how much she values what her dad thinks. And so it, that's a very, very true statement. You know, if, if, a, if a girl has the love of her father, there's no reason for her to go look for that love anywhere else. And most of the women that you talk with that will admit they were promiscuous growing up will admit that they didn't have that father love. And so if they don't get it, they're going to go look for it somewhere. They're going to go find it somewhere. And, and most of the times it's in the arms of a man that, that uh, is, is probably not the best, uh, best character to, to be given him that love. Once again, we're talking with John Finch, whose movie and upcoming book are called The Father Effect. TheFatherEffect.com is the website, at TheFatherEffect or at John P. Finch on Twitter. John, if a wife is concerned about her husband fulfilling his role both to her and their children, or perhaps she suspects that he may possibly be dealing with a father wound himself, I know she has to be careful, and I know she has to be delicate in addressing it with him, but how is the best way she can go about getting him to see that need for help and then getting him the help he needs? I'll tell you, my wife actually wrote a chapter uh, in the book and just kind of gives her perspective for this exact uh, situation. And, you know, she speaks very much about just praying and, and talking to God through the situation and asking for his guidance and direction. And also, I, I'm a huge advocate of counseling. I mentioned counseling earlier. It's something a lot of men will, will not want to be a part of. But I'll tell you what, my counselor, he was my Aaron to Moses. He was the one that called me out on my BS, if you will, but yet encouraged me and, and really looked me through that process. I don't know that I would be where I'm at today if it wasn't for him. And so, you know, us as men trying to get through this, this journey by ourselves, um, you know, it's, it's insane because we don't know what questions to ask ourselves. We don't know what things to think about. And, and really to see a professional, to see someone that's trained, uh, in these type of, uh, you know, subjects is, is really, really key to, to help them get through that journey. And, and, and obviously, you know, being able to have a, a group of men that they can help you be accountable, you can have these honest, real conversations with, that's a that's a big piece of it also. How can people see the film? 
You can get the film, the the DVD, or the download at thefathereffect.com. They're they're both uh, available there, and they have the book. The book is actually available for pre-order now, and it'll be available uh, October 24th is the release date. John, how can our listeners pray for you specifically? You know, there's there's a lot going on. We just need prayer for guidance and direction and, and just open doors and close doors. You know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. And, and again, it's just, just trying to be faithful and, and making the right decisions uh, in what God would have us do and moving forward with this movement and, and, uh, and new projects. We're, we're looking at making another film next year. Uh, that specifically deals with helping dads with teenage daughters and just helping them uh, kind of navigate those waters. So it could be something that's that's actually more powerful than the existing film, and that's, uh, that's our prayer. There's so much more I want to ask you, but we are out of time, so I want to thank you for coming on the program, and I hope you'll come on again sometime. Absolutely, Rick. I greatly appreciate you, brother, and let me know when I'm when I can be back on, and I'll be more than happy to be part of it. That's John Finch here with us on the Beyond the Game program. The movie's called The Father Effect. Visit thefathereffect.com for more on that. We do got more to do, so please stick around. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Is here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian Sports TV channel with programming from Pee Wee to the Pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, Western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at RamSportsNetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More than a game. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Benson and Barletta on the Beyond the Game program, mixing sports with faith. The Beyond the Game program is recorded in Rochester, New York. You can find us on the web, btgprogram.com, or on social media, at btgprogram. We welcome you from wherever it is you may be listening from, whether it's on traditional radio, like our flagship station in Rochester, New York, the team. Excited to say that there's been a dial change, no longer located where they were. They're now 97.5, 97.5, the team, with a much stronger FM signal. Perhaps you're listening via podcast, which can be found at our website, btgprogram.com, or by searching on iTunes or Google Play. 
Download it to your device, just as listeners in Winwood, Pennsylvania, have done this past week. A shout-out to all those in Winwood. We thank you for your support. Just west of Philadelphia, Winwood is the one-time home of the Black Mamba. Kobe Bryant living there when he played high school basketball. Must be good basketball building water in that area. <laughs> because there was Bryant, there's former NBA or John Lucas III, there's current Miami Heat guard Wayne Ellington, all attending high school in that area playing basketball. Wynwood, Pennsylvania is also the birthplace of rocker Joan Jett of oh. the Runaways, but probably more notably the Blackhearts. Another singer, Patti LaBelle, is said to have a home in Wynwood, PA. Perhaps she's more widely known now for her line of pies that she's selling at Walmart. Patti LaBelle from Wynwood, Pennsylvania. To Wynwood, PA, and to you wherever you may be listening, thanks for tuning in, making the Beyond the Game program part of your day. Visit our website. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. And if you feel so led, you can make a financial gift to support this radio ministry while you're there. Your support helps keeps the program on the air, helps bring us to new markets around the country. Zach, one of my favorite features is, of course, your shenanigans segment that we do every week on the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, Zach's going to make a statement, and we'll go back and forth. We'll either agree with that statement that he's made, or we'll call shenanigans on it. So, Zach, what do you have for this week's shenanigans statements? Well, first, let's try to wrap this up quick if we can, because you were talking about pie, and now I just want to get out of here <laughs> and go get some pie. I was also talking about Walmart pie. Now, that's true. You know, I I have not had one of Patty LaBelle's pies, but they're available at Walmart. And I guess I don't know why I'm bashing Walmart. I should just stop. Because you've been there. I I <laughs> guess so, but okay. They're fine. number one. Arizona Coyote star defenseman Oliver Ekman Larson said recently that he won't do anything different if he's named the Coyotes team captain. Truth or shenanigans, a team's captain needs to do more than just leading by example. You know, Zach, I say shenanigans, and I'm not sure what more he could do other than leading by example. So, yeah, I think you got to lead by example. But I, I think they need to be a leader both in the clubhouse and on the ice. And now that doesn't necessarily mean they have to put up superb numbers, but it does mean they have to play hard. They have to play smart. You can't have your captain taking a stupid penalty, mm-hmm. you know, that puts you in a bad spot, hurts the team or – can't have a captain taking a series off because they're down by a few goals. So they they have to lead by example. I don't know what more they can do. And I agree with that. Um, I, I say shenanigans to the statement. I think there's a little bit extra when you wear the C that needs to be done. But I agree. You have to lead by example. You have to, you know, to quote the cliche, play the right way because you're the face of the team. You're the guy that everybody looks up to. But I think that sometimes – if the team has been flat, the team has been stale, somebody's got to speak up and somebody's got to be the guy that says to everybody, you know, get your act together. Let's get going. Let's, you know, not quite the cheerleader of the team, but the guy that maybe gets in everybody's faces and lets them know this isn't acceptable. So I think you definitely have to lead by example, but I think there's a little bit of a vocal element as well. Yeah, there are guys that are terrific players and they might be good character guys, but they're not those clubhouse leaders because they don't have the personality that's going to go in and kick a little fanny when it needs to be kicked or motivate mm-hmm. the guys when you need to be motivated. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. You're you're absolutely right. They they do have to do that. Who was the captain there last year? Was it Shane Doan? I believe it was. And, of course, they 
just let him go. They just didn't resign him, right? So right, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess leaves a little bit of a void. Yeah, I guess he's the guy. Number two, truth or shenanigans? Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott will play in Week One, as Pro Football Talk has suggested. I'm going to say shenanigans here too, but though I wouldn't be completely surprised if his appeal is not ruled on in a timely manner that maybe a stay of execution, if you will, could be granted. He ends up serving whatever suspension he ultimately gets somewhere down the line in like a Tom Brady-esque type of court delay. But I think the NFL, they would have to, I would think, prefer to avoid that. I mean, after after being dragged through the courts with the Tom Brady thing and just having so much mud in their eye, I, I would think that in my mind they wouldn't – they want to reduce his sentence to something that he would agree to quietly accept and just not have this thing drag out for the next two years. But I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think so. I think they're he's going to be suspended more. I say shenanigans as well, and mostly for the points that you mentioned. We just saw um, Vontez Burfecht from the Bengals just had his suspension reduced from five games to three, and he's a guy that has a repeated multi-season history of cheap shots and attempting to he's injure He's basically people. a carjacker right, on the field. Yeah. And there's a guy with a laundry list of these offenses who still got his suspension reduced. And I say that. He's so, probably a fine guy. I have no idea. Off the field, but, I'm sure uh, he right. is. Right. That's what I'm saying. Off the field, he's probably a fine guy. I'm sure he's a gentleman. I, I mean, I have no idea. But there's something about when that cat gets on the field, mm-hmm. man, whatever he can't control – well, did you see uh, in one of the early, early camp scrimmages, he went low on the knees of one of his own teammates. <laughs> the guy just can't control himself. But for for that guy to get his suspension reduced two games, I think definitely we're going to see Zeke's get reduced. And I think if it's reduced to a an acceptable number for his camp, they'll call that a win and he'll sit out the first few weeks. Yeah, but I, I think it'll be more than one game. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't think you're going to see him on week one. Agreed. They play my Giants week one, don't they? So that that so be, that helps you. Yeah. Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford deserved his massive new contract. What are your thoughts? Uh, no. No? I think he's a very good quarterback. Uh, I looked at a tweet today that showed the, the Lions record in the few years before he arrived and the few years after. And he, on average, just about doubles their amount of wins since he's been there. But you look at other quarterbacks around the game and what uh, they have done and how much better than him they are and how much less than him they're making. I looked at a list of, I believe, the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Tom Brady's not on that list. Now, he took less than he could have made, you know, to keep other players around. I get that and stuff. But you look at Matthew Stafford in comparison to some of these other championship winning quarterbacks. And for me, it's not even close. Well, I, see, I actually agree that he does deserve it. Although I, I will say that it's hard to say anybody deserves Mm-hmm. The kind of money you're talking about there. In comparison, though, to the deals other quarterbacks have gotten, listen, I, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league over the last few seasons. I, and I, I've seen the tweets about his record against winning teams, mm-hmm. but we're talking about the Detroit Lions. You know, isn't that the team's record? It, right. I, I, I've always said the quarterback gets too much credit. He gets too much blame. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. you can't. But that's the the nature of the beast. If not for Stafford, the Lions would be absolutely pathetic. Plus, he's continued to play at a high level even after losing one of the best receivers in the game when Calvin Johnson retired. 
Yeah. I, I think he deserves the money. I think he's a great quarterback. I, there's only so much you can do. I think we've reached the point in the NFL where it's worth overpaying Matthew Stafford as opposed to trying to find another quarterback. Somewhere. Well, I think you're onto something there because you can't. That's the that's the one position you have to make sure you're set at. And with Matthew Stafford, the Lions are set there. Mm-hmm. You see so many teams, the Buffalo Bills being being one of them. Oh, the Buffalo Bills would kill to have Matthew Stafford. Yeah, you think about where Jacksonville is mm-hmm. trying Chad Henney and then ended up going black back to Blake Bortles. Uh, they would love a Matthew Stafford. The Lions are set at quarterback, and whatever amount of money they think they need to invest to make sure that they're set there for a few years and they can build around that, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think he deserves it. Next, the New York Yankees currently hold the first American League wild card spot with the Minnesota Twins in the second spot and the LA Angels right on their heels. So truth or shenanigans, one of those two surprise teams, the Twins or Angels, will still be in a playoff spot when the season ends. Yeah, I agree. I think one of them will be. There there, there are a bunch of teams right there, including the resurgent Baltimore Orioles team, playing very, very, very well. But both the Twins, uh, they've been playing consistently well all year. And I can't figure out how. Right, exactly right. I think when we looked at this at the beginning of the year, you kind of laughed off the Twins, but they have mm-hmm. been consistent. And the Angels have somehow rebounded from the scrap heap. I, and I guess more than anything else, I'm agreeing with this because they have the advantage of being in the league now. So other teams have to play catch-up. I think the chances are pretty good at least one of those two teams hold on to that spot. And and the Yankees are no certainty at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not taking advantage of the opportunities when they have them. They're no certainty by a long shot. So I, the wild card chase in the American League is going to make for a great final month of the season. But the answer to your question, I, I think that one of those two teams, the Twins or the Angels, are going to grab one of those playoff spots. I agree. And the main reason for that is we're about to be in September. And in September is when most teams start to play almost completely within their division for the whole month, right? The Baltimore Orioles, who have kind of tied for that second spot at this point with the Angels, they're going to have to start playing the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays. Well, they just took it to the Red Sox. They did. They did. But I don't think the Orioles have the pitching to hang with those teams. Whereas the Angels and the Twins get to play in their divisions. The Twins get to play teams like the White Sox and the Royals, who are starting to fade again. And the... Uh, the Angels will get to play the A's and the Rangers. So I think the schedule is going to be easier for those teams, and I think it's going to enable at least one of them to be in a wildcard spot. I agree. Last but not least, the National League West holds both of the National League wildcard spots, with the Arizona Diamondbacks in the first spot, the Colorado Rockies in the second spot. Truth or shenanigans, both of those surprise teams from the West will make the playoffs. And you liked both of these teams at the very beginning of the season. When we did our... Uh, I think I th- think I was away. You actually did the baseball preview show. You liked both of those teams. So why don't you go first? Well, I got to say, I'm not surprised by the Rockies. I really liked the Rockies coming into the season. I think people overlooked them. The Diamondbacks did surprise me, but they've been winning almost from day one. They haven't no, gone I must away. I misremember because I was giving you credit for seeing both of these teams. <laughs> I'll gladly take it. Oh, yeah, I, I called it from the start. <laughs> but then they went out, they added J.D. Martinez, one of the best bats that was available at the deadline. He's fantastic. Um, 
you know, Milwaukee and Miami, I don't see them catching up. They're the two teams that are first. Behind them is St. Louis. They've won three of their last ten. Uh, Miami, talking about trading Giancarlo Stanton. I don't see any of those teams catching up with Colorado and Arizona. Colorado slumped lately, but I think they're better than what they've shown. So I agree. I think both of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. I think the National League playoff chase is clearly a much clearer picture than is the American League. The Pirates are pretty much out at this point. I would think that really only Milwaukee, Miami, and St. Louis have outside chances, but they have a lot of ground to make up. And obviously it can be done. But they're chasing teams that, like the Twins, they've been consistently good all year long. For Milwaukee and St. Louis, anyway, they might have a better chance chasing down the Cubs and catching them for the division than they will grabbing a wild card spot. And, you know, as we look at the baseball playoff chase, for the most part, the divisions are fairly locked up, don't you think? At this point, I I mean, it's not impossible for Minnesota to catch the Indians in the AL Central. Uh, but only the Yankees in the AL East and the Brewers and Cardinals in the NL Central were within five games of the division lead. That is, as as we record this, because the Indians have been giving the Yankees fits, and they're they're going to play Boston next. So they could come out of Boston trailing seven, eight, nine games if they're not careful. I think that even those teams will be hard-pressed to catch and take over the Red Sox or the Cubs for the division title. So would you agree that any team, this is where I'm kind of setting the mark, more than five games out is unlikely to make the postseason at this point? I mean, again, it can be done, but in my mind, it probably won't be. Would you agree with that? I would because most of the teams that are five or more games out are way out. You know, seven games, 12 games, 15 games. A lot of these divisions are basically decided with a month to go, so... Um, yeah, so really you're looking at the wild card, and that leaves it apart from the division leaders, assuming that the Red Sox, Indians, Astros take their divisions in the AL, the uh, the Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers will do the same in the National League. That means, in my opinion, the only other teams with realistic playoff hopes are the Yankees for a wild card, all these teams for a wild card, the Yankees, Twins, Angels, Orioles, Mariners, Rangers, and Rays in the American League. There's a, there's a bunch of teams there in the American League kind of jumbled up. Some have realistic chances. Some are kind of, you know, they're still mathematically there, but I don't see them really doing it. In the National League, I really only think the Diamondbacks, Rockies, Brewers, maybe the Cardinals, maybe the Marlins have chances. But just basing it on the consistency that you've seen them play all year, I'm not giving Seattle, Texas, Tampa much of a chance. These teams have been up and down. I would eliminate St. Louis. And Milwaukee as well for those very same reasons. I I think each of those teams have been too up and down all season to be able to really chase down a playoff spot here in the late part of the season. So I think we'll be seeing two of these four teams in the American League, either the Yankees, Twins, Angels, or Orioles. It's going to be two of those teams. Agreed. And in the National League, it comes down to two of three, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, or the Brewers. Although I just said I eliminated the Brewers. (laughs) Who would would have thought at the beginning of the season that rolling into September, the most catchable first place team would be the Cubs? Yeah, I agree. Who would have been left at? The wild card has been so exciting. In the American League, it still will be. Mm -hmm. But really, you're down to just a handful of teams that have a realistic shot. And let us know. 
if you're listening to the program, let us know if you agree with that assessment or if you think that uh, with 30 or so left games in the season, whatever there is, that five games is too low maybe to set the bar. Maybe you think they can make it if they're eight games out. We'd be interested to know if you think maybe maybe it's less. Maybe you think they need to be within three at this point. Tweet us at BTG Program. Send us an email, hosts at BTG Program. The Bible's clear about taking care of those who are less fortunate than yourself. Jesus said as much in a parable he shares in Matthew 25, verse 40, when he says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Following the devastation in Texas this week, there have been many great examples of people caring for other people, worthy candidates for my You Like That choice for this week. However, I'm going to keep it close to home here in western New York. Number 57. 57 of the Buffalo Bills is Pro Bowl linebacker Lorenzo Alexander, who this week took 57 Buffalo kids to an area Walmart to get them the school supplies they were needing for the upcoming year. He also provided school supplies for an area high school football team as well. Alexander says that giving back is a way to lead others to Christ. Being able to pour, this is his quote, being able to pour into another person as a mentor is probably the most meaningful thing you can do in your life. Our ability and experiences weren't meant just for us, but to be shared with others, to make them better, and ultimately lead them to Christ. Buffalo Bills linebacker Lorenzo Alexander is what I like this you like week. That? You like that? What I like this week, Benson, is one of those uh, athletes helping with the tragedy in Houston that you mentioned. It's J.J. Watt, who has, at the time of this recording, raised roughly $6 million for relief efforts in Houston, has set a new goal of $10 million to be raised, and at the rate he's going, I think he'll probably reach it. So J.J. Watt providing at least... Six million dollars of relief for Houston is what I like this week. You like that? You like that? I think that JJ Watt thing is is somewhat humorous because every time I get on Twitter, I usually get on in the morning, maybe sometimes later in the day. Some of the ones like when you tweet, it goes right to my phone with my daughter. Some others, it you know just highlights my phone. But then twice a day, I kind of go through the feed when I have a couple of minutes, and as I come across him. It's up by a million or up another half a million, yeah. and he's changing his goal. And you're just kind of going, man, that's great. And I am i don't play the audio part, but I see that he's in the tweet. He's speaking into the camera saying mm-hmm. something. But every time I look at it, it's, it's going up a little bit more. I think that's great. I, I like it too. Now that I know you get a text every time I tweet, I'm going to tweet a lot more strategically. Well, you tweet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. This has been the Beyond the Game program. We hope you enjoyed today's show. I want to thank John Finch for coming on the show, chatting with us about his movie, about his upcoming book. It is a great responsibility. It is a great privilege to be a father. You can find out more about the lifelong impact dads have on their children. Visit thefathereffect.com. Check out the movie, The Father Effect, thefathereffect.com, or on Twitter, at thefathereffect. And check out our website as well, btgprogram.com. If you have something you want us to know, Send us an email to hosts at BTG Program. Give us a follow on Twitter or like our Facebook page at BTG Program. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this very same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.